Okay. doing quite well. I'm very awake today. Yesterday I was very tired. Um, but today I'm very awake. I had a couple of days off work, which led me to this situation where I'm, I'm slightly more awake. Um, and yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm kind of fully on board. I've, I've done laundry today, I've done a few chores, I've, I've tidied up, I've been doing a lot of planning for my upcoming trip. Uh, if you didn't know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking my zine across the ocean to Canada. Um, I don't know how much you really, really know about any of that. I might do a little podcast whilst I'm out in Canada. I may not, but we shall wait and see. The main thing you need to know is that if you would like to uh, pick up some zines or get involved with uh, with No Point, the, the little zine I collaborate with, uh, you can, can do so by coming to see me at Canzine. Uh, in Ottawa, of all places. Sorry, I'm a little distracted. I'm just watching an old man outside my window. I've had a strange experience uh, recently. If you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen this experience. Um, my back window faces out onto a bunch of courtyards, and the other day I saw a man just on a roof, and it confused the hell out of me because about half seven at night, and uh, it was raining. And he was out there for about an hour and a half, cleaning the the sill of his window, the exterior of his window, um, for an hour and a half in the rain. Confused me. No idea. Don't know what's going on. Another old man just there. I just, I, I, I'm watching neighbours. It's become a very rear window situation. So I don't know if you noticed. Um, it may have been apparent um, on this podcast. That it is extremely rare that I get into in-depth politics. And this also includes guests. Guests don't tend to want to discuss politics. Um, I do this for a few reasons. One is because I don't feel like uh, 30 minutes or an hour is is enough to really get a, a good, solid view of um, whatever's going on in politics. And also it's very hard to not put uh, a personal slant on politics, you know, it's hard to not let your own personal views come through and share a subject. And when I discuss a subject, I like to be able to try, not always successfully, um, bring some idea through of a solution. You know, or maybe help people think of something in a new way or generate discussion. That's my main goal, as we know, is to generate discussion. But with politics, it's extremely hard because politics can be extremely polarizing and people are very passionate about it. Um, so I, it's one subject which I tend to avoid discussing unless a guest wants to discuss it because, you know, I don't, I don't want to sit on a soapbox and just talk about it. But in the UK, it's kind of hard to ignore it right now. It is literally everywhere. But it's been that way for the last couple of years. If we roll back the uh, the old dial to I don't know, 90, 98, 97 episodes ago where I had my first uh, interview with Jack Edwards, a good friend of mine, Brexit, Brexit was just happening. The vote was kind of coming through. And we made a point of not discussing it because we were discuss- it was being discussed everywhere. 
everybody was talking. Everybody's still talking about it. Um, and it was one of those things that we wanted to break. We wanted to discuss something else. We wanted to discuss something dumb and silly, and we did. Um, and we bounced from topic to topic, and, and that's how, we, how that podcast was started. But we didn't want to discuss it. We didn't want to discuss Brexit and the effects of Brexit and the political climate and all those kinds of things because we just didn't want to be involved with that at that time. We wanted a space from it. We were obviously very aware of it and we're very, more, more aware of it now than we've basically ever been. Um, but I find... You want you want you want to have that breathing space, but I wanted to talk about this idea today of, of kind of what's happening right now. So I'm going to fill you in if you're not aware um, of the current situation which the UK is in. Um, I'm guessing from looking at my analytics on YouTube, a lot of you already know because a lot of you are already based in the UK. Those who do watch the podcast now, the UK had a referendum on Brexit, which is the UK leaving the EU collective. Um, the referendum wasn't set in stone. It was just a, well, it was a referendum. It was a view of trying to get an idea of how the country felt about the subject and whether we should leave or not. Uh, the vote came in, and it was close. Probably the closest vote which has, has ever happened uh, within the UK for such a big decision. It was about 55% against... against uh, um, um, 45s or something like that so it was pretty damn close um which which has led to the last two years essentially um and then since then there's basically been discussions and we've been through uh, this is a second prime minister no third prime minister in this situation <laughs> um, we had cameron and then we had may and now we have johnson um and we're, we're kind of running through those as we go uh Whilst essentially they try to decide how to do this, how to how to leave the EU, and and that's that's the fight which is occurring. Um, but the the long and short of it is that the they need to decide a deal with the EU, working with the EU, which would basically outline how we would leave the EU. If they do not do that by October thirty first, uh, we leave without a deal. Now, what that means for the UK varies depending on who you talk to. Again, politics is a very complex subject. But leaving without a deal is generally seen as more detrimental because you're not outlining any plan. You're not outlining what could happen, uh, the rules for what could happen. Essentially, you just leave and all benefits uh, which you get from the EU and all the benefits we provide to the EU just stop. That's That's no deal, you know. There's, a, there's an interim period where things kind of drift a little bit, but that's essentially no deal. Um, on top of that, so right now, as of kind of making this podcast, we're in what's called prorogation. Prorogation is when the MPs, or the Prime Minister, suspends Parliament for a period of time. Now, this usually happens because Parliament runs in kind of stints. There is a holiday period in the middle. Um, and this this period of Parliament has been one of the longest periods ever uh, because securing this deal just isn't happening. Essentially, that's what it kind of comes down to, is that there was a huge attempt to make this deal work and it's all kind of fallen through and none of the parties can agree and then there's back and forth and backstabbing, blah, 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 and all the things which you generally associate with politics. Um, and I don't know that kind of like came through. So we're now we're in prorogation where... 
the parliament has been suspended. The criticism of that is that it's been done in the month where no deal will occur, and the reasoning behind it from one side of view is that they didn't want to be scrutinised for the the ideas they were putting forward and the plan they are laying out so that when they come back there is no time to undo that work and you either have to accept it or we leave with a no deal. Also, um, essentially trying to stop anyone from passing anything which could say that we could leave, couldn't leave with a no deal, which the MPs have been very trying very hard to do. So that's the situation which we're in. Essentially, we've got... I'd say the similar situation would be to um, when Donald Trump kind of held... Uh, was it Congress hostage in the sense of all the parks closed, everything just defaulted because no decision was being made. That is very much the situation we're in now in the UK. Um, except this has been going on for... It's got to be two years now. You know, we were in 19, it was around 2017 when this kind of kicked off. Uh, it's, it's been a very long time. And yet we're all still talking about it. And everyone has an opinion. And a lot of opinions have changed on it. And regardless of what you feel, whether it's right or wrong, whether you want to be in the EU and want to be out of the EU, I think from watching the podcasts, uh, you can probably get an idea of where I sit in terms of politics. I don't, I don't outwardly speak it. Because I don't feel like it's my place to just kind of tell people that that's what I do. I'd want people to make their own informed decisions. Uh, and that's that's always been my way. Um, but it is essentially this conflict which has come is, is, is trying to balance what is happening. Because what is happening is kind of insane and overcomplicated. Um, because this isn't just drawn against party lines either. This isn't um, a decision which is just like, yeah, this party believes in this and this party believes in this and th- th- that's the balance. No, th- there's a real overlap with this decision. The- there's people on both sides in both parties who have and do not have uh, positive and negative views about what is happening. So we're kind of in a situation where everybody's just arguing right now. Everyone's just kind of yelling at one another and everything keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And we're just kind of sat here going, all right. Well, this isn't affecting my day-to-day life, really. The only real effect I've seen of it um, during the last two years is watching my fuel price go up and down and how much I've had to pay for uh, currency and the potential of uh, having to pay extra for visas and stuff like that. That's the only real impact I've seen, bar from watching um, political parties tear each other's hair out. But it's a... Essentially, why it comes down to is, and, and people get so frustrated by this. People get so um, angry because they're not really understanding what is trying to happen. So, disregarding everything, disregarding the the ins and outs of the referendum, the uh, the back and forth between parties, the name calling, the uh, the over the top statements, and all this kind of stuff. What is actually happening is a very simple premise, is that there is a problem and two groups of people have different solutions for the same problem. And they can't decide which one to do because the groups of people are basically equally matched. So instead of doing anything... Nothing's happening. 
and we're just kind of sat there. Now, I think, and this is my personal view, um, there's a there's a view of the UK, uh, which I, I kind of, I've experienced from uh, different nationalities and different people that they don't really understand how we're just sitting here. <laughs> and we are, we are. We're all just kind of sitting here going, yeah, this is happening. You know, this is happening. And I think a lot of it comes down to a mentality which we're taught very young and has run throughout British culture um, is that you kind of just deal with situations you are dealt. We as a society have this innate balance where we just kind of, we can look at a terrible situation and we can look at something awful and go, okay, that happened, now we deal with it. We're not an over-the-top society, and I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of nature and not nature, uh, love, a lot of sentiment which goes into other societies, which you know contradicts that feeling. So if we take a look at American culture, American uh, society is essentially built up of people, and one of the main things they're taught is the American dream, and it's a dream of hope, and it's a dream of of, of freedom and beauty and all this kind of stuff and it's a very hopeful dream it's it's just something which is is very ingrained into that that world of that you should do well and you should you should grow and things are hopeful and things will get better and the greatness of the man and and all this kind of stuff in england we're not really taught that we're not we're not taught that there that life has hope <laughs> we're taught that life is is expected to be disappointing life is expected to be um in many ways, hard. Life is expected to be uh, just just kind of just there. And then if good things happen, fantastic. But if good things don't happen, it's not really the end of the world because that's how the world is structured. I think, and this may be due to my friend group, but I know when the Brexit vote happened that the majority of my friends and family apart from those who didn't expect the referendum result, which which kind of came out, because they didn't expect they could lose, um, came down to a point where everybody sat and said, we're going to leave with a no deal. And this was two years ago. This was two years ago that we were sat there and went, oh, okay, right, so this is the referendum result. It wasn't the result I wanted. Um, but there's no way we're gonna, they're going to make a deal there's no way the EU are going to give us a good deal. And this is something which people who voted leave generally didn't understand, I think, um, was that we are not a huge political power with a lot of weight when you compare us to the European Union. We are quite... we're minute. Um, there was this all this talk of, oh, well, we'll just be able to leave. It's like, no, well, no, you won't, because there's a lot of fees and a lot of a lot of back and forth and, and stuff which needs to be paid, so it's going to cost us to leave. And and that was just wasn't publicised, and that was all, that's a whole different argument to go into. But everyone I know kind of sat there and went, no. Well, that's it then, you know. We're, 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 we're leaving, and we're going to leave with a no deal, and then we'll deal with that. And we've accepted that. We accepted that two years ago. So the run-up to October isn't filled with dread for us. It's just filled with acceptance. It's filled with us going, well, yeah, this is what we've been expecting. This is, uh, you know, this is what you were aiming for overall, was it not? You know, because this is the situations which we've been placed in. And a lot of people are going, how can you, how can you deal with that? How can you wake up every day and think, oh my God, my government is, is working against us. It's, 
it's ignoring everything. It's it's completely just disregarding the law in order to get it to its own means. And we're all sat there going, well, yeah. That's what a government does. There was a huge, there was a moment I had in my youth, um, which hugely impacted me. Uh, I must say, and I've written about it before, was back when we were, well, I say we were, when the government was deciding whether we should go to war with Iraq or not. And it was a huge thing, which was a massive decision to make. Obviously, results have come out now. that It was done on bad faith and blah, 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 blah. But there was a headline on a newspaper which showed a march which happened. Um, I must, I can't believe... I must have been like 13 at the time um, maybe even younger but there was a huge march which happened in London literally thousands of people lined the streets saying we will. We don't want to go to war we, we can't go to war every paper covered it it was all over the place the numbers were staggering a few days later we were at war and it, it, it sent a very clear message to a young me that the government does not pay attention to the public. They just don't. They do what they want to do, and if no one stops them, they just continue it. And with the Iraq War, the, that was that was a clear example of that. You know, the decision had already been made. It didn't matter what your protest was because the decision had already been made. And this is very much a very similar situation. The decision has already been made. The government already already wants to leave with a no deal or it wants to put out its deal to the EU. And if they don't accept it, they're happy to leave with a no deal. So every protest, every step towards that, it doesn't really matter. And I'm not saying you should stop because it sends a very clear message. But yeah, you just, that's it. That's the end of it, you know. And we've been living with that, and we do live with that. And it's, it is, I think it's a very British thing to just accept it, to accept that that's the thing. And we do get angry, and obviously we protest, and we, we, we get uproared. But there's a there's a pessimism which comes with being British, I think. And I know it's a huge stereotype, but it is true. Everyone I know kind of deals. You deal with your own way, but you you deal with it. You know, you you're faced with a, a terrifying situation. You're faced with something hugely fearful, impactful for your life, and you make a sarcastic comment about it, and you you know you go put the cat on because that's what you do. Like, like keep calm, carry on. The whole sentiment isn't one of an uplifting. Um, filled world where you're you're persevering keep calm and carry on is just accept what's happening and rebuild i'm very much of the opinion i mean this is maybe just more of my view than coming through than anything else um i've been waiting for no deal for two years because i believe that you if you see something breaking and again, this is just how I deal with situations. This isn't related to any of you. You can completely go down in the comments and tell me what you think. But this is just kind of, if I see a situation breaking and I've done everything I can in my power to stop that situation breaking, the only option left is to let it break and then rebuild. You know, if you're watching a car action in slow motion and you've done everything you can in your power to prevent that car accident, you kind of just have to let the car crash pick up the survivors, patch them up, 
and figure out when it went wrong in the first place. And we're in that situation. I think as much as No Deal could be terrible, and it will be terrible, it's kind of proven, um, I think it presents a huge opportunity for change within our own government and with our own society. You know, we're faced with leaving the EU, fair enough. Well, then let's make England how we want to make it. You know, let's form alliances with the people around us. Let's taxation, on, high taxation on the rich. Let's let's take all the things which we loved about being in the EU and force MPs to kind of listen to that and push that forward. Let's get younger people in Parliament. Let's get those who really are affected by the change in a negative way into positions of power. And that's a hugely important thing because at the moment, the people in power are the people who are going to be positively affected by the change. You know, regardless of how hard they have to work or whatever they're doing, there are people who are going to make money off Brexit. The people who aren't going to make money and the people who are going to lose money are the regular people. Which I, it sounds like I'm just giving a campaign speech. I'm really not. Um, I'm just, and I'm not even saying anything particularly new or, or generous or anything like that. We're just we're facing a situation where there there is no. It's rock and a hard place. You know, it's it's two things. You have a problem. Two sides think that they have the solution to said problem, and we're just arguing back and forth on which one is going to get done. And the problem is that which one is going to get done is neither of them. Which means you end up on a default plan. You know, if you can't pick where you go or you can't pick what you want, you end up with default when there's nothing left. As I say, I don't really discuss politics. Maybe you feel completely different. Maybe you feel that we don't have the stiff upper lip. And we don't at times, you know. We do freak out. I think I just wanted to wax lyrical about it for a little bit. It's something which I haven't discussed on the podcast basically at all. As I say, I don't want to... I don't want to force my ideas around, down other people's throats. I want to generate discussion. I want to know what people think. I've met people who think it's a great idea to leave the EU, um, who who are not who are as left wing as you could go. I've met people who think it's like great to leave the EU. Think there's the most right wing people you can go, and vice versa. And they've all had different views, and they've all had different backgrounds, and it's just we're kind of in that situation now of just going, all right, screw it. To me, if you. If you're threatening me, I'd rather you hit me so I can just recover than just saying you're going to hit me. That's how we do. We just take a punch in the face and then see what happens afterwards. But I guess we'll see what happens. I'm going away for two weeks. I'll be in Canada. Come see me at Kenzan, Ottawa. And if not, I'll talk to you guys later.